This is Jordan. This is Lewis. And this is Business Blues and Booze. Thank you for tuning in today. So today is February 4th, 2020. That's still weird to write on papers. Mm -hmm. The other day I wrote 2019 on one of my tests. That was pretty awkward. Yeah, make sure you write the full 2020, though, when you write the date. Uh, because you don't want any foolish person to go in and change it to like maybe 2015 or anything like that. Because what a silly prank that would be, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Hooligans. Yeah. So what do we got going on today, Jordan? So today we're going to be looking at a lot of stories. But first off, we're going to be looking at Disney. So Disney's earnings were up. They were up about 1% after market today on Tuesday, which was really good for the company. Why did they go up, you might ask yourself. That's a great question. Well... They were up nearly 29 million subscribers in just three months. So what does that look like for the company? That revenue was $4 billion. $4 billion. That's a lot of cheddar, okay? So Disney had earnings that were beat. So their, their reported estimated earnings were $1.44 per share, and the revenue was supposed to be $20 billion, about $21 billion, actually. And actually, the actual reported earnings were $1.53 per share mm. compared to that $1.44 estimated. And we see that their actual revenue was $20.86 billion, so about $21 billion. So as we see, they beat expectations. They had a great aftermarket. They're really killing it. So Disney is having a really interesting time right now because they came in as a lot of other streaming services, as we've talked about, in all of our episodes. Some of them are having some troubles, and they're not all perfect, and neither is Disney+. Plus. So when we're looking at other companies, we look like the big ones, Netflix, Hulu, YouTube TV, which we've talked a lot about as well, mm -hmm. ESPN Plus, DirecTV Now, CBS All Access, Sling TV, and HBO Now. Those are the ones that are brought up in this graph from secondmeasure.com. So what this did is it tracked the retention rate of these customers. So when we're looking at this, Netflix has unreal, like un unseen compared to the rest of these companies, it's over 60% retention. That is really good for one of these streaming companies. To put that in perspective, the least performing is HBO Now, which is just at about 30% of retention. Hulu is at about 45 to 50%. So that's pretty good for them. But Netflix is just keeping people hooked, mm. probably because of their originals. Now, obviously, Disney Plus is not a part of this study yet, and I'm really excited to see when they are. So this is annual retention, you said, correct? Yes. So this is year over year, so maybe you're a subscriber for one year. Next year, you say, oh, I want to switch. And that's the nice thing about this market is that you're able to switch so easily in most cases. It's right on the website. It's through an app. It's not a difficult thing. And that makes me want to talk about my position with Disney Plus. Personally, I'm canceling my subscription. And the reason is not because... Any functionality, the reason is not because of the quality of the content, it's the lack of new content that they've yet to put out on the service. So far, there's been maybe seven or eight shows, and some, most of them are just documentaries about things I guarantee you nobody has watched. I mean, it's... it's nobody. It's, it's, it's desert. It's, it's like Kristen Bell talking about people singing, and then a documentary about little kids like idolizing superheroes. It's just like, these are nice things, but... Do you launch a service based on that kind of content? So D Disney is trying to hit a lot of different people. And we get that they're a family company, or so they say. But when we're looking at this content, if they're trying to get everybody on a streaming service like Netflix, Netflix has a kids section and an adult section, obviously. like They have stuff mm -hmm. that like uh, horror movies and stuff like that that are on their sections. So Disney Plus has The Mandalorian, which is great. And that's honestly why a lot of people got Disney+, Plus yeah. was because they were so excited about The Mandalorian. They thought that all these new Star Wars was going to be a lot more 
a lot more content in terms of the shows that they love. And one one category that is absolutely tanking is Marvel. Oh my gosh. There are so many movies from Marvel that are not on Disney Plus and it's infuriating. Yeah. And if you are a Marvel fan, I'm sure you're infuriated too. Specifically, this is not Marvel, but The Jungle Book, which is a two-year-old, maybe three-year-old movie now, the new one, will not be on until 2021. They don't have the rights until 2021. How, like, how, how is that possible? Like, it's their it's movie. The planning, you know, I understand contracts, maybe they weren't, but it, it kind of makes me feel like they weren't expecting this to happen. Like, they weren't planning on doing this. A company of that size? I mean, people, this company is bringing in $21 billion. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a very large company. You're telling me that they didn't have one analyst saying, hey, guys, wait a second, maybe we shouldn't do this right mm-hmm. now. And they weirdly took off Home Alone 1 and 2 around Christmas time this year, which is a strange thing. Great Christmas movie, hot yeah. chocolate, the fire, put on yeah. the fuzzy slippers. They only left the third one, which I'm sure everyone loves that. Direct to DVD, second sequel to Home Alone. That's what they're trying to watch. This is Jordan, and full disclosure, I have never seen Home Alone 3. Just want to let you know that. Yeah, well, the reviews are not that good. Not missing much. Yeah. So... Obviously, as Lewis just said, and I myself has have full disclosure, I do have Disney Plus, and I also do have shares of Disney. But when we're looking at Disney Plus, it has a lack of content. It, it's just it's not that great. And they teased us with that Super Bowl ad. If any of you watched that, yeah. So they put out this really great content, and that they were gonna have all these different movies. Immediately, me and Lewis and, and a bunch of our other friends were watching the Super Bowl. All of us immediately checked Disney Plus, and guess what? Nothing there. Yeah, Nothing. well, they're not coming out until. I will probably resubscribe when they bring out the new Marvel shows. Uh, what is it? Falcon and Winter Soldier. That looks pretty good. That looks phenomenal. Yeah. Whenever Toy Story 4 comes out on Disney Plus in maybe six months or so, I will be coming back for that. But uh, And WandaVision, those shows. But that's not for half a year. So I don't need it for half a year. I'm not going to watch the shows. Because I've seen Disney movies a million times. I don't need to pay to see them again. Have them all on VHS. So, <laughs> so something, it's just redundant. Something to keep in mind here, and this is that, you know, Netflix has this amazing retention, but they actually might not. We've talked about NBC's Peacock service. So Netflix is losing a lot of really hit shows. Friends, which they've lost and they got back, and now they're losing again. The Office. There's a lot of other shows that they're losing that other companies are taking on. And this is becoming cable again, but we're not going to talk about that. You want to listen to that? We have so many episodes where yes. we are talking about the segmentation mm-hmm. of streaming. But Jordan loves to talk about Disney, so I, I so we just we just got to go back. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's, he's really just loves the magic of Disney. I absolutely So, so anyway, I think what's probably more pressing on people's minds is the Iowa caucus which went on yesterday and is still not over. Uh, the live results, as of 7 o'clock p.m. today, uh, only 60 per, 62% of precincts have reported. 62%. That's a day after it happened. That's never happened before. Never. This should be. We should have all the votes. How do we not have all the votes of people that voted yesterday in 2020? It makes no sense. So quick round of the top five. Pete's in first, 26%. Bernie has 25%. Elizabeth Warren with 18 Joe Biden, former vice president, only has 15 of the state that he worked very hard on. About four months ago, Joe Biden was expected to be the top. Mm-hmm. And that's really interesting. Yeah, to Pete see. said they were going to shock the world and or shock the country. And they have so far based on these results. I am shocked. And then Amy Klobuchar, surprisingly, rounds out the fifth spot at 12.6%. So it's a race here that... It's not over by any shot. Any of these people could theoretically win this election. I mean, getting to more than 10% in Iowa with a 10-person race means something. Something really sad, Andrew Yang. 
He's not even on the list. Well, he yeah, he got maybe sixth place. Yeah, one percent. Yeah, that's it's just that mm-hmm. that's rough. Yeah. You know I mean techie techie young business guys like us like to see someone like that. Yeah, I'm sure throwing their hat in the ring. I guess a lot of people don't. <laughs> yeah, apparently. I'm not saying I was gonna vote for him. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying I would have liked to see him make more, yeah. more of a, more of a push. You like to see new faces in politics, and and unfortunately, well, to be fair, Pete is a new face in politics. So, on the national scale, so in that term, that's maybe why he's gaining so much ground. Again, I don't have all the insight, but just a little update as to the fact that we still don't actually know who won, which is kind of crazy. Uh, but to talk about briefly about what a caucus even is, uh, this happened. Um, one of the few elections in the country that is not a regular primary election. So a caucus is where you gather, you gather in person, and you talk about who you want to vote for. And then specifically in Iowa, you needed to have, I think, 15% to move on to the next round. That's how they accumulated extra voters. So second and third voters would matter more. Um, But that's why this is so different is that in primaries, you can kind of do it however you want. And, and for Iowa being the first election, it's so weird that people go in, they talk about who they want to vote for, and that's it. You can change your vote while you're there, essentially, which is kind of crazy. So that's the system that's not working. Maybe we should just do regular primaries like everyone else in the country except for, like, Nevada. Um, <laughs> so if you want to join Iowa and Nevada, go ahead and keep doing that. But it doesn't seem to be working. So now we just want to give a second to listen to our sponsor, Anchor. So thank you for listening to our sponsor, Anchor. Again, great platform, great service. And it's owned by Spotify, recent news that we just learned. So Lewis has told you a lot about the Iowa caucus. Something else that was really a problem was actually the, the app. So they had an app where they wanted people to go in and vote on. And the app w- wouldn't load. It wouldn't actually let people into the app. And so what they said was that if the app doesn't load, because this is one of the first years that they're trying this, they said if the app doesn't load to call in your votes, well, I mean, what do you think is going to happen there? The phone lines were absolutely jammed up. No one could actually get in their votes. It was really just a train wreck. And I'm happy. I'm really happy that we are looking into technology and we're looking at these new ways that we can bring America and voting into the new, the new era of technology. But they need to double-check this stuff and make sure it works. And it was obviously not developed properly, which is – it happens. It's okay. But for something of this stature is just really a problem. So something else we want to talk about going back to the market is Google. So Google just reported its earnings and it lost on earnings. And the stock was down quite a lot. But when we, So Google as a company was down. So Google is an ad company. That's what they do. They're a data company. You know, They basically collect what you do where you're going, what web pages you view the most, what products you're viewing, and they basically can help companies cater to you. Now, Google has a lot of different segments, like Amazon Web Services, which is obviously under the Amazon company. So they, Amazon Web Services is one of the most profitable sections of, actually it is the most profitable section of Amazon, and it is an, it, one of the most profitable of that industry. Now, something else that's really interesting is that when we break up YouTube, or I'm sorry, when we break up Google into two segments, YouTube and Google Cloud, both of those brought in a massive amount of revenue. We look at YouTube, it brought in $15 billion, which is absolutely insane. And we look at Google Cloud, Google Cloud brought in $10 billion in revenue, which is absolutely insane. I mean, YouTube is bringing in a massive amount of money just in ads, which is absolutely insane. 
I mean, just for watching a video and you click through that 30 second ad that no one really watches, maybe it's five seconds, mm -hmm. and you click skip ad every time. But just from that, they made that much money, yeah. which made up, a, I, it was probably about 30 or 40% of their actual revenue, which is absolutely crazy, yeah. probably closer to 30% actually, but absolutely crazy of a company of that size. And obviously Google's parent company is Alphabet, that's who reported the earnings, but yes. So that's just a little, just a little, you know, food food for thought that Google really did not actually have a great year, but this is the first time that, that Alphabet has reported on YouTube, ever. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that was a company that was absolutely going places and then Google purchased them and just made them skyrocket. You know, Google is yeah. is absolutely just picking up everybody. And what we also actually learned is that Google or Alphabet is actually looking towards a different approach to how they run the business. So a lot of the times they would focus a lot on the environment, they would focus a lot on helping people, and that's not profitable. So what they're actually doing now in 2020 is their new CEO is completely shifting away from that. The two founders have stepped down, so now they just basically oversee the company, but the actual CEO of Google is is pretty much saying, we're not gonna be doing that much stuff anymore. They are focusing just on money, they are focusing on profits, what is gonna make the most money for Google? Which is a crazy concept for a company that everybody uses already. So just to keep in mind, food for thought, you know, Google is an absolutely amazing company, but YouTube is an even better company inside of them. So now we want to move on to another segment, once again, streaming, which is one of our favorite things. Yes. So during the Super Bowl, <laughs> there was an ad, and it was not a great ad. It looked very 19... Yeah. Nah, early 2000s. It was interesting because I thought it maybe was a parody. And that's what I, I read online a little bit too, because I wanted more of an opinion, not just what we thought. But it, people were saying, "Is this is this a real ad on Twitter?" It looked really fake. Um, it was really not good. <laughs> but that's kind of so, you know. And the suspense. The app was Fox Nation, which is Fox News's digital media over-the-top streaming service. So I did a little uh, experiment. I have actually subscribed to the free trial because I'm curious about what their content is. It's not Fox News. It's not the live stuff. It's additional on top of all of that. So when you open it, you get a nice little Fox Nation opening. It's a nice little uh, animation effect, and you go right into it. So you have your home. It goes to your personalities. It's all these people that aren't even the main personalities on the show. These are like the, the side people, so I don't even know what these people's names are. Abby Hornacek, Bill Bennett, Brian Kilmady. I, I don't... Tommy Laren is the headliner. I know she's made a lot of headlines for... Um, her youthful right-wing views uh, in the conservative movement, which has kind of made her the face of that, and I think that that's what Fox wanted to do here, was to kind of make her uh, the face of this whole new platform. So I was just curious as to what's Fox Nation's real mission. And they say this is an app for American values, this is an app for America. It's mostly based on documentaries and other entertainment. They do have political content. They talk about proving grounds in Iowa and New Hampshire for the primaries, they talk about other things here, little extras after the show and whatnot, but I really wanted to know if it has the bias that you commonly associate with Fox, obviously is the more conservative option as opposed to a CNN or an MSNBC. And I think all I need for my source here is the show called What Made America Great, which is very clearly taking Make America Great Again, Donald Trump's campaign slogan, and turning it into a TV show about historically great things that have happened in the United States, whether it be talking about George Washington's house, talking about the war, talking about the Civil War. It's associating his campaign slogan with great historic events in the Civil War. 
or not the Civil War, well, the Civil War and the Revolutionary War. So two of the major wars in our country uh, that have changed throughout the years. That is what the basis of this show is, using his campaign slogan. So, yes, it's the same thing as Fox News in terms of you're going to like this a lot more if you're conservative. And it does continue to feed that uh, mentality of watching this to quote-unquote drink the Kool-Aid is, is the opinion of some people. Um, but yes, you should expect exactly what this sounds like if you were to subscribe. Uh, it's six bucks a month. So if that's your, if that's your jam, then go all for it. But uh, for those that would wonder if this is consistent with their, their regular cable television show, the answer is very much yes. So that's pretty much what I got from my couple days with Fox Nation. So thank you, Lewis. So now we are actually going to be hearing from a special guest, our producer, Wyatt. So Wyatt is going to be talking about some of the coronavirus and where it came from. So obviously it's been in the news a lot. So Wyatt, take it away. Well, it's good to be here, Jordan. Um, So yeah, I'm just going to talk about some recent news about the coronavirus. So there's actually a lot of speculation going on that the coronavirus has derived from bats in China. So... Uh, Linfa Yang, sorry if I butcher the name, the professor in the Emerging Infectious Disease Program at Duke National University of Singapore Medical School. Linfa Yang has quoted, I have 90% confidence it is bat-borne virus. One of his colleagues at the Wuhan Institute of Virology found that the new coronavirus is actually more than 96% genetically identical to a bat virus from the Yunnan province in southern China, according to the results published in the journal Nature. The Nature study found that the new coronavirus is a distant cousin of SARS, which stands for Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome, and it shares almost 80% of its genetic sequence with coronavirus. As SARS swept through China and other countries in 2002 and 2003, and eventually killed more than 800 people around the globe. So why Thank you very much for coming on. Wyatt is actually a double major in botany and zoology and has a minor in environmental sciences. He is currently a student at Ohio Wesleyan University. So thank you very much for coming on, Wyatt. Thanks for having me. So now we're going to be moving on to our blues segment of the podcast. So once again, Lewis and I have two artists that we would like to give some highlight to. Once again, I will be talking about B.B. King. But if I wasn't going to be talking about B.B. King, I would be talking about Led Zeppelin's song, Bring It On Home. Bring It On Home actually had some of the, the first two minutes of the song were actually stolen from another blues song. And then it basically starts off as this really soft, you know, four, four chord, just pretty simple song. Uh, Robert Plant is just kind of, you know, humming into the mic, if you will. And then Jimmy Page comes in and gives us this really nice electric distortion and it just lets you know, we're back in business. And it's really awesome to hear. So that is a song I absolutely recommend. But I also, I guess I'm recommending two songs now. So B.B. King, The Thrill Is Gone. The Thrill Is Gone is an absolutely, it's an iconic song. I think it's actually his most listened to song. It is, fact check. So it has over 40 million listens just on Spotify alone. And there are actually two versions of it. One has 40 million, one has 16 million. So, I mean, it has a lot of listens. And it's just an absolute classic. It has the, uh, the blues bar, the blues box, I'm sorry. It's just it's just so BB King. It's everything, and if you haven't listened to it, you got to because songs like this just pave the way for mm-hmm. other other rock and roll, especially what Lewis is about to recommend. Yeah, 
So uh, I'm going to go for a little bit more of the mainstream uh, kind of guy this week. He sold out. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a sellout already. So I, I'm going to recommend the Jimi Hendrix uh, Crosstown Traffic. It's one of my favorites because it just it comes right at you. It's a short song. It's just like two minutes and 20 seconds long or so. And it comes right out with... Uh, like right <laughs> off the bat and it, it's like catches your attention and it's some of his songs are more bluesy some of his songs are more poppy this one kind of captures both it opens up with that and it goes back to a regular uh, kind of chord progression a couple power chords in there and i just think it's a nice if you're up for like if you want to wake up in the morning and just go wow i want to just wake up right now go to work do a bunch of stuff that's a great way to start your day as opposed to a lot of blues songs that you use maybe when you're kind of mopey. That's why the, that's commonly the blues are associated with. The Thrill is Gone is a, is a sad song about the thrill being gone. Uh, Crosstown Traffic is also about a, a girl, but but it's it's just a different way, a different style. Almost all blues is about... Yeah, okay. and that's why it still counts, because it is about the same topic, but it's just catching your attention so that's my recommendation this week different approaches both great songs recommend them both i also recommend recommend bring it on home by led zeppelin if you get a chance to listen on that available everywhere so give it a listen now we want to move into our booze section of the podcast so we want to do something a little bit different with this because we could recommend beer all day and many different types of beers but there was a mixed drink that lewis and i came across which Mm -hmm. sounds amazing so, it is called a strawberry cucumber spritzer. The ingredients are six ounces of Stella Artois spritzer. That's right. You thought you were getting away from the beer, but mm-hmm. you weren't. Yeah, it's a spritzer, so I don't actually know what that is, but, but it's, it's kind of like beer. But it's Stella, so <laughs> it's I guess that's beer. It also has one ounce of gin, so it's six ounces of Stella, one ounce of gin, 0.5 ounces of elderflower liqueur, two cucumber slices, and two strawberries. So you need, a, you need a cocktail shaker, and you need to slice up the cucumbers and strawberries thoroughly, and you're going to want to mix them all together. It is an absolutely stunning drink, and we cannot wait to give you our take yeah. on it. Yeah, I really, I really like the ingredient, the elderflower liqueur, really. It's really, <laughs> really Lewis, important ingredient. Louis is calling me because I said liqueur, he says liqueur, you know, mm-hmm. tomato, yeah. tomato. Yeah, it's, just, it's, really, it's really hard to say words right, I get it, so yep. it's fine. We're good. So it's a good recommendation. Other than <laughs> other than that part, really good job. However you say it, you should drink it. Obviously, mm-hmm. if you're over 21. So thank you so much for listening this week. Again, today is February 4th, 2020, mm-hmm. and this is Business Blues and Booze. 2020 Vision. 2020 Vision. This yeah. is Jordan, and this is Lewis. Have a great one, everybody. And also, be sure to listen to our Professor series, which came out last week on Friday, was with was with Professor Flynn, and we have one coming up with Dr. Jay Martin. 